Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome, welcome to Pine Island Research on Monday night. Appreciate you all for joining us. Uh, let's see here. Let's make a slight adjustment on this camera. There we go. Made a few changes here in the studio. Um, nothing too, nothing too uh, drastic, but... Um, want to appreciate everybody for showing up. Uh, see a lot of folks starting to pop in and chat. I think Joe's just landing the plane over on his show. Western New York Bigfoot Investigation Group. Uh, we both broadcast Monday nights. He goes on at 7 Eastern. I go on at 9 Eastern. And it's kind of fun. We see the same folks showing up in both the chats. and So that's... That's pretty cool. Uh, it's a double feature, as, as uh, somebody, I think Brian said that. I like the Western, let's pull up the, I like the Western New York Pine Island double feature on Monday nights. Hopefully, people like it. Uh, we have been, it's getting cold here, man, up in, uh, the South Dakota and Northern Minnesota areas I hang out, um, had 10 inches of snow here two days ago. 
forecasted to get snow again tomorrow and every day this week. So <laughs> we are firing up the snow machines. Uh, we got a trap line out set out before the snow came, and we're trying to keep that checked every couple of days. That's fun. Let's see. Who else do we have? Uh, yep, we got quite a few people starting to show up. My guest tonight should be a fun show. Um, you know, oftentimes when I'm trying to think of what to do for a topic or who to have on as a guest, I think about other channels and think about what are they talking about? What isn't being covered, right? And I just had to ask myself the other day, does Bigfoot have a sense of humor? And if so, what what makes him laugh, right? And um, was watching my friend Lee's morning show. Uh, he does coffees oftentimes throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Lee over at the Ravens Outpost. You will uh, find him at the Ravens Outpost on YouTube. I encourage you to subscribe. It's great, great uh, channel, interesting conversations, but he uh, has had Max Powers on his show a couple times, joining him just casual coffee, shooting the the BS back and forth. And I got to tell you, I've seen Max on different on uh, in different areas of the internet before, and you know, on channels and interviews, and but. I just appreciate his genuine sense of humor. I mean, I I just think he's funny. And people will say to me the same thing. I had people just yesterday messaging me saying, who do you have on your show tomorrow night? So I think I'm going to have Max Powers on. They're like, oh, my gosh, he's so funny. Now, I was joking with Max. I'm going to bring him in here. Hey, Max, how are you tonight? I'm good, and you? Good. All right. You know, I joked with you earlier. I said, I don't, it kind of occurred to me that I don't know if Max tries to be funny. I mean, some people are just naturally funny, right? I kind of felt like in high school, uh, some people labeled me as the class clown. And it's like, I wasn't trying to be funny, man. I was just, if I saw something, I commented on it. It's like I didn't have a check filter. And I made people thought that was amusing. Do you find yourself kind of that same way? I, I, you're not trying to be funny when people are laughing, are you? I, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but I generally have kind of a sarcastic wit, and and I see the the little oddities and things that make me laugh, and I say them out loud, hoping someone else laughs. It doesn't yeah. always work. It doesn't always work. So yeah, there used to be a channel, the guy would get all wound up. It was the, the, the guy from Boston. Oh, and his, yeah. his mono, his, his moniker, his, his, uh, his saying was, I've got the balls to say what everyone else is thinking or whatever. And I, I kind of can relate to that, right? Like I just, people will say, Oh man, this is the greatest thing. And I'm the one guy who's like, oh, I don't know. You know? I, I totally get that because it's it's one thing to talk behind people's back. It's another thing to be able to say it to their face and watch them watch them squirm and react. Yeah. 
not not in a negative way, but a lot of people just are never called on their shit. And if you just say it out loud, oh, can I say that word? I'm sorry. I oh, hope yeah. I didn't offend your viewers. But a lot of people just aren't, aren't used to being called out on it. And life is a funny thing. And I think that that humor, that ability to laugh bonds us all. So we can get over a lot of the BS by yeah. making fun of it all. Well, as a precursor, I will put this out there for the show. Um, you know, we do this live here on YouTube. It goes out to all the podcast platforms. I Doug has recently shared the analytics with me where I was kind of blown away that like 20 times as many people hear it on podcasts and they watch it on YouTube. So I asked him about the, you know, we're monetized channel. I don't want to get in trouble saying a word we shouldn't. And he basically went through the, the George Carlin list of words, so to speak, that you should not say on the channel. And I asked Alex about it. I had a guest on that let a word slip. And I went and asked Alex, about it. I said, do we need to go in and edit that out before we put it on podcast? He said, kind of by rule of thumb, you're allowed one or two, as long as they're not on the George Carlin list of like, unforgivables you know so when you say are we allowed to say that i would say yes i grew up in a family where my parents you know we went to church every sunday they were pretty religious but you could say the s word you could say things like that but there was words that you could not say and and I kind of learned where that line was that I could skirt at about seven years old, you know. <laughs> but, so tell for all of our people in chat and for those listening on podcasts, Max Powers, how did what intrigued you enough to to breadcrumb you into this community um, around Sasquatch and Bigfoot in the interest? Tell us how where it started. Um, wow. It goes, it goes way back. Um, 53 years old, my entire life, I have had some kind of interaction with whatever this is in the woods, which makes me sound like some kind of crazy, you know, I don't know. I'm not the Bigfoot whisperer, but, uh, it got to a point where my family's nickname for me became Booger because I, I used to, like, they'd find me at one in the morning talking out the window to something in the woods. Mm -hmm. We lived on 1,200 acres in New Hampshire. We clearly shared our property with something. Um, and I just, I, I literally grew up with the phenomenon. You know, I didn't grow up with Bigfoot. I grew up with the phenomenon of something out there in the woods. I'd be scared of it, um, and then other days I wouldn't. So it was clearly something that was either there or not. Um, and it it really made me try and figure the whole thing out at a young age. Finally, I saw a Bigfoot uh, on our property around, I was 13 or 14. And so after that, it became kind of a quest to find it. Um, and so I'm an avid hiker now. <laughs> I go in the woods. Um, I go as far out, far out into those woods as I can get. 
Um, and at this point in my life, I, that's what I do. I go up and down the East coast and I, you know, drive as far as I can get. And when the truck won't go any further, I get out and I hike as far as I can go. So I'm miles and miles out in the woods looking for something, whatever I can find. And I have a channel, you know, under my name, Max Powers, Max Powers Bigfoot Hunter, that tells about it, but I have to I have to put a disclaimer on that and say I'm the world's worst documentarian. So you know, so it's not the best channel. But there's something out in the woods and I'm trying to figure out what it is. So that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Nice. Well, it's interesting because last night, Nikki at Harry, Ho Harry Man Hoaxes and Hoodwinks, she's in the chat, mm -hmm. on her channel, uh, she had the well-documented hoaxer Rick Dyer on. And Steve Coles was on kind of holding him accountable, and they were kind of giving him the, a little leash to run around the room and talk about how basically he doesn't care what he did. He doesn't, the fact that it hurt your feelings means nothing to him. It was money and this and that. But he has recently claimed that he is the best Bigfoot hunter. That he is the most qualified person to find Bigfoot <laughs> out there. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people get bent out of shape by it. Me, I was, I was, I was, having a hard time not laughing at the irony in it, you know, and it kind of played into this idea of doing a show on where do we find humor, you know, in this community. And I don't think there's anybody listening to this show who has looked at the Bigfoot community as it exists on Facebook and in the hundreds upon hundreds of public groups some of them rather large. I mean, there's 50 to 70,000 people in a lot of these groups. And every other post that you see there is making me laugh. I mean, and I'm not trying to belittle someone or be mean about it. I'm just saying it is crazy what some of the people are saying when it comes to. And you have to ask yourself, are, are they purposely doing this, trying to get people to laugh? And sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. But do you see the humor in the community, Max? I mean, are you is you're not it, blind to it, are you? I'm not blind to it. And I, I go out with a group of Bigfooters, an awesome we're not a group. We're just Bigfooters who are, you know, loner Bigfooters who meet up in the woods. But we actually just had like a, a text vault. I, I talk to these guys every day. I text back and forth with them every day. And they're probably two of the most reasonable, rational Bigfooters that I know. Um, and we were talking today about there should be a sitcom about, like, Bigfooters. You know, the truth, like, the truth about Bigfoot. Because it would be hysterical. That would we, be brilliant. It's not that we're wrong. There's something in the woods. Um, there's definitely something out there. But everybody knows what it is without having taken the steps to, to actually know what it is. Mm -hmm. So to hear some of these explanations for things, 
is is comical and i don't mean that the people like please understand i'm not picking on the people who say them i'm totally not picking on the people who say them mm-hmm. but some of the things that people say when you you try and put it against some kind of sounding board or some kind of you know just even rational thought is just bizarre and there's no connection you know and yeah. it goes it goes back it goes back to um you know some of these bigfoot experts from way back that have said things and people just grasp onto that and and go with it and 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 none of it was substantiated then and it's it hasn't been substantiated since but they they go with it to the point that there's this blind belief in it and i don't know it makes me chuckle a lot of the time you know i'm sorry you know you like when you mention all these different productions that you see on history and you know all of the channels i mean they take they try to take i believe that the cast in these shows believe that they're taking a real approach to it the problem is the way that it gets produced on the back end, the way that it gets edited, the way that it gets put out there, and possibly the way that it is actually created by those people that you're watching. Um, it's done so in such an undigestible way to a lot of people. You know, they see it and they're like, come on, man. You know, it would be, I think that you would have an overnight hit if somebody just took the tongue in cheek. Reno 911 approach <laughs> to a Bigfoot team out trying to find Bigfoot. You're not, you're not it, making fun isn't that of what the they did on, uh, Isn't that what they did on finding Bigfoot? Well, it, I don't think that <laughs> they intended to, but they certainly, that's how it was perceived by a lot, you know? I mean, they, they thought that out pretty well when it first came out as far as how it would be perceived between Matt and Bobo and Cliff and Renee, they all had roles to play in the persona. Renee was kind of the level-headed skeptic who said, I got to see the proof, right? Matt was the kind of guy that if you snapped your fingers 10 feet behind him, he'd yell Bigfoot. You know, I mean, they all had, Bobo was there for the size comparison and the humor, right? <laughs> I mean, if somebody's go stand by the tree, let's measure it. Bobo, get out there, right? They all kind of went into it with an understanding of what they want, how they wanted it to be perceived. After a couple seasons, whether that they were achieving that, I don't know. I think they left people feeling, you know, short ended or disappointed, or how come you guys have all this money at your disposal, all these resources, and we're not getting anywhere. And it's almost like watching, what's that show where, uh, what's the show where they keep digging for the gold that's in the shaft on out right. in the Northeast, right? I can't remember the name of the show now. Yeah, uh, pine, yeah, no, you're Pine Island. It's, it's an island. Oak Something island, island yeah. I used to watch that show season for a couple seasons, thinking, man, they're getting close. I mean, seriously, they're getting close. And then after a while, it's like, I'm watching a whole 
episode to find a button. I mean, I mean, at some point, it's like I need some meat and potatoes, not just one right. pea or one carrot, right? You know, and I think that's what you're seeing in the mainstream productions that are out there that talk about the community. The anything that's humorous that's in it, I don't think they mean for it to be humorous. It's just there's people like us who are just sitting there laughing, going, "Come on, man!" Right. The other thing I I want to know is who's really taller, Renee or Boba? Have we ever you know, seen them actually back to back? I you know I haven't, and I will tell you this: Renee is from my home state of South Dakota. And do they and- bring them? She's not a midget. She's a corn-fed athletic woman who grew up, you know, from what I understand, she's pretty capable in the outdoors. And um, she's not a small person. I mean, I, I that would be interesting to see her and Bobo stand back to back and see. I would imagine Bobo's taller, but I don't think he's like six inches tall. I think he's probably just edging her out, but. I think he's probably just edging her up. And if we can't get them to do that, maybe just arm wrestle. You know, just. I I would think that there's a chance Renee could win that. I I really do. And she just comes across as one, one <laughs> tough girl. And I'm not gonna mess with her. I think she's got the reach on me anyway. So. <laughs> Matt from Central Florida Bigfoot says, "Who are these guys?" <laughs> so. Matt's one of those people who I will always go in the woods with. He's a he's a great bigfoot. And he lives down there in your backyard, right? Well, no, I'm up I'm up north in New England. I the oh, that's only right. reason, yeah, the only reason you always see me down there is because um there was a uh like a campfire down there and Matt like held it all together, pulled me down. I went down and hung out with him and realized this guy's not this guy's not a bad guy. And he knows how to use a camera and keep teach me. Well, there's no, you know, oh. listen, you say what you want to about Matt. I like him. I like him like a brother, to be honest with you. I really think he's an awesome, awesome person. But if anybody had, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to put anybody else's knowledge of cameras, the ability to use them, what they're capable of. Right now, his latest project, and I, I may be, not putting the right parameter around it, but he's trying to recreate what you could, what Patterson Gimlin did with that camera. He's got that camera trying to show the parameters of what it's capable of, capable of. Let's document some reference points. So we have a threshold to understand what we're looking at. Nobody's done that before. I mean, I think that's brilliant. So one one of my big things, one of the things that I drone on and on about and people in the Bigfoot world like are annoyed with me for saying is that we need to go out and not ask other Bigfooters, but to find an actual expert on a, on a topic. Yeah. Right? Because we're as Bigfooters, we're all biased. Matt is that expert. He understands both the, the subject of Bigfoot right? Because he's been out in the woods looking for a while now. And he understands cameras. So there, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a better qualified person to do what he's doing. You know? Yeah. If if they filmed Patty with this film and with this camera, let's get this film and this camera and see 
what the possibilities for that are. Yeah. Could he have done that? Was this a hoax? You know? And and uh, I don't know if we'll figure that out, but it's sure as hell a good spot to start. Well, even if you don't come up with the definitive answers that maybe you hope to find, along the way you're going to establish some data points that people are going to reference for a long time. They might say, well, Matt didn't prove that this could happen or that that could have been, but he did prove this, that you can't do this. This doesn't work. So when people are talking about the Patterson-Gimlin film, there's going to be at some point in the future where people will say, Matt Larson showed that that capability didn't exist with that camera at that range or at that whatever, you know. Um, maybe it doesn't give a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but we're, he's going to establish data points that people are going to reference, you know. Right. Um, data points are the key thing in this. We That's what we all need to do. So many of us, like, take those data points and we translate it. We put our own personal spins on it. And the data that we actually found gets lost. And, and that's one of the comical things is how each individual mind interprets these little data points. Yeah. You know? And I, th I think you're right when you say that we've been operating in a box. We've been looking for answers and help from each other. And we're all existing in the same corner of the room. And we need to start looking at, and it doesn't need to come from somebody who professes a belief or a disbelief. It really doesn't. I've been talking to some uh professors and scientists who were involved in a DNA experiment that was done about 18 months ago in California. And there's two of them are from Sweden. Um, one of them used to work for the biohub. I mean, they were really studying uh, virus transfer amongst vertebrates and things like that. Right. And I've got this idea that we can incorporate one of these techniques into collecting and analyzing DNA that could be from uh, unknown primates or part human unknown primate. Now you'd have to probably get thousands of samples before you find one, you know, if, if you even found the one, right. But I don't know. I didn't have an understanding. I knew how the technology worked, but the range and the scope of what you could do and what you couldn't do, I had to lean on these guys to ask them about that. So I'm calling them and I'm talking to them and I start out the conversations with, I'm not looking for you to say you believe that Bigfoot exists or it doesn't, or it could, or it couldn't throw all that aside. That's not the conversation. The conversation is if you did this and you took those samples and you did this, could you lay them out and compare genomic imprints and decide if if there was something that was starting to show up. Does is it is that range of technology even there? Just give me a yes or no. You don't have to tell me whether you believe in Bigfoot or not. We need to start looking at experts in these other areas and get a better understanding of what we could, or maybe even more important, what we can't accomplish. Right. What one of those big problems is. So many times we present it as, is this Bigfoot or is this not? Rather than, what is this? You know, sure. and that that deters an awful lot of scientists. If, if you are a scientist and you're trying to get funding, 
and you're one of the whack jobs with the Bigfoot community, forgive me, Bigfoot community, but that's the way the world looks at us. And that's one of my biggest reasons for trying to get us to prove this to science is so that we're not crazy. We're, you know, explorers. I want us to be the Jane Goodall. I don't necessarily want to be Jane Goodall. I don't look good in a jungle skirt, but I just want us to be able to present our findings and let someone else figure it out. So if we find something with a crazy little twist to it that scientists don't know what it is, they'll explore it, which isn't funny at all, but it's how we take that little scientific thing and twist it. That's quite comical, really. Well, and I think that because we keep looking at the few resources that exist in our corner of the room, and we think anytime I have a question about this or I want an opinion on this, I have to run it by one of these guys, right? I think that's where we're falling short. I mean, and I, I'm not here to – I have a lot of respect for Jeff Meldrum for what he's done, you know, the, the – for what he's done within his expertise, which is locomotion, okay? That's what he is a professor of. So when he has this large footprint collection and he gives his opinions on that and mid-tarsal breaks and dermal ridges and all this stuff, right? I put a lot of stock in that. But then people start going to him and saying, give me an estimate on population size. What do you? How many of these do you think exist? That's... He's a professor of locomotion. He's not a professor of biology. And let's study how many mule deer exist in the state of Wyoming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so not saying that he hasn't been around the community enough and interacted enough that he wouldn't have a sound, maybe even a better sound opinion than most. But you know, it just it makes me realize that we're we're looking at each other for advice all in the same corner of the room. And some of the best advice we could be getting exists in other areas of the room and they don't have to be believers to give it to you. I, I actually like I say this all the time to other people. And now I'm saying it to you, but I say it to other people. Um, if you're sitting talking to people with the same opinion that you have you're you're never going to learn anything new mm -hmm. um and so take it to the person who's going to tell you no you're a dumb ass, a dumb acre a dumb person excuse me <laughs> how how can you think this take it to that person and say well listen this is what i find if you have evidence that makes them you know gives them that oh aha mm -hmm. then then you've got something better than now listen some of those people are just jerks not normally the word i would use but just jerks who are gonna you know poo poo it anyway but find that person who will argue your point but listen to what you're saying and if they're not listening to what you're saying if they're thinking of how they're going to say no to you then that's not the right person to be talking to but and the problem in the Bigfoot world is we have the opposite. Everybody agrees with us. Like I mm. had this call, a Bigfoot call, and I sent it out, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's a Bigfoot. Well, tell me why it's a Bigfoot, and no one could do that. So no one had 
that that little trail of breadcrumbs between the sound yeah. and Bigfoot to to substantiate that. And so it's not evidence. Like, do I have that recording? Yes, I do. Can I say it's a Bigfoot? No, I can't. And all I want is to find someone who can say, geez, it's not a coyote. Geez, it it's it's not a barred owl. And I can't find those. And it's actually kind of laughable how agreeable we are. You know, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody wants to. That's another thing, you know, not, whether you are a Meldrum or a Cliff Brackman or a Doug Heichek or any of these guys that people tend to lean towards when they're trying to get an opinion on something, none of them are in the uh, business to wanting to be perceived as a, as a, a hole, you know, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. You know, sometimes telling somebody, I don't get it. I think he, what you've got here is pretty inconclusive. That's how some people are just, that's, it's like telling them their mother's fat. They can't get over that. It's like, those are fighting words that you think my blurry picture is actually blurry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it's hard. I think it's hard for them to give that unedited, true, you know, hard i think they do it but they have to do it in a way that's not misperceived this and that maybe some don't i guess that's why you hear the backstory i think that guy's kind of a bottle you know just because he doesn't filter it out but what it comes down to is it's almost like we're trying to fly a kite high enough to get hit by lightning, but by using the people that we know in this community, we've only got like 30 feet of string, right? We, we don't have 300 feet of string. We need to get that thing airborne, right? That is a great example. It really is. But, uh, it, you know, one of the things that I noticed a good example of this in is, you know, when I was spending more time guiding hunters and spending time out in really remote areas. I mean, even when I was in the, the, you know, kind of that mode where that was really something I had time to do and the passion for, you know, 30, 45 days a year mm -hmm. where you're off grid away from, you know, eight days at a time here, six here, 10 there, elk hunting, um, things like that in Wyoming, Montana, Northern Idaho, pretty remote areas. I never really had anything that I couldn't naturally explain happen in years of doing that. Not only that, but I had dozens of friends who were more, it was a network of guides that we all kind of knew each other. These guys spend a hundred days a year completely out there. And I'm asking them over and over, have you? I don't I don't want to just go up and say, Do you believe in Bigfoot? And they're like, dude, I'm not referring anybody to you to go pheasant hunting anymore. Well, you're crazy, right? I just say, have you ever had any experience out there that you couldn't attribute a natural explanation to? And every now and then I would get some feedback. Yeah, actually, there were some things, but I'm telling you, 90 to 95 percent of them, they haven't. And we're talking about 30 to 40 individuals who spend over 100 days a year in completely isolated remote areas 
and they aren't seeing it. They aren't hearing it. They aren't getting crap thrown at them. They aren't, you know, it isn't happening to them. And so do I, do I discard them and say, well, they're of no use to me? No, I think there's a conversation to be had there. Do you think that something like that could exist? I mean, your experience, all that time you've been out there, no. Do you think it could be elusive enough that it isn't? How many mountain lions have you seen out there? I would tell you half those guides haven't seen a mountain lion before because mountain lions 999 times out of 1,000 will avoid human and never let you see them. They will be great. I, you know, I, have, I I've seen a tail, and I've seen a print. One pr- I live in New England, so they're not even supposed to be here. Yeah. The, ta- the tail is debatable. The print was not. The print was far too big to be uh, a bobcat, and f- the pads on it were far too large to be a lynx. So, you know, and it had the little the little divots. So you know it was it was a cat. It didn't have claws. It wasn't a wolf, you know, or or a coyote. It was clearly a very large cat print. But I've never seen a cat. And yeah. anyone around anyone around here, like especially I this was on uh, Mount Kearsage South in New Hampshire. And I brought I took a picture of the print next to a dollar bill and I brought it down to the ranger station i said hey you guys got to be careful there's a there's a pretty big cat out there and they kind of chuckled at me and said oh yeah, right. those, those haven't been around for so long that's not it but it was in fresh mud clearly a fresh print you know based on the dollar bill you can see the size but these guys didn't want any part of it so there's stuff out there that a people aren't seeing a lot of people just aren't seeing and and b a lot of people are denying yeah no i agree um we used to spend a lot of time hunting mountain lions in the black hills of south dakota and a friend of mine had a team of leopard hounds in which we would pick up you know days like this where we have a fresh couple inches of snow it was perfect you could if you had overnight snow you'd be back on these fire trails on snowmobiles looking for where a set of tracks cut across and they're within hours old, release those dogs out and just let them do their thing. And they would go, they'd go bonkers out there from sometimes miles, but they almost always treat a cat. Now, whether or not it's a cat you want to harvest or whatever, but so I've, I've been near them and I've, and I've kind of learned some of their behavior. I can tell you one thing. They're, they are so freaking elusive that the only time people really have interactions with them is when they tr- trigger a pursuit mode and, and they don't do so uh, on right. purpose. It just happens, right? They're jogging along or whatever. But, you know, the, the interesting thing, the reason why I brought that up is these, these guides that spend all these 100 days plus a year out in these remote areas, if I was to say, how often do you see those? Not often. Now, if you'd never heard the DNR tell you how many are there and you'd never heard anybody else talk about it, just based on your own experience, if I said, do you think they exist in this area or not? You'd probably say no. Just like you would to the Bigfoot question. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so, but there's the, the opposite side of that same coin. We have Bigfooters who see them 
every time they go out and they know they're there. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm not trying to pick on anyone and listen, maybe they are there and maybe you are just way better at this than I am. But I have to chuckle sometimes at the channels out there who every time they're out, they find one, two, three, four, five Bigfoots and they get pictures of them. Mm -hmm. They don't get a before and after, mm -hmm. but they get pictures of them. Yeah. And this is you not, know, I think not to pick on anyone, but. Well, if you were to listen to, you know, some of these estimates of how many do you think there are in North America, let's say, Canada, United States, Alaska, all of that, and you said how many are there, and you even using the higher end of guesstimates that are somewhat reasonable, you know, the 70,000, maybe 80,000, 90,000. You look at the geography that we're talking about and the wilderness that exists within it. It's it's it should be really really difficult to find yourself with it, expecting that you're going to see one. I mean, now that's not to say that you don't end up having those interactions. You've got you know Shane Carpenter and Randy Harrington with the four hundred. You've got um, and although I never. Uh, went out there kind of what me and Doug and, and the others that I had leaned on trying to develop a research plan to interact and collect DNA. We didn't go out there with a goal of trying to photograph them or record them or knock on trees and communicate with them. We, we didn't, we didn't know what they were capable of detecting. We didn't know the language that we speak. Why make vocalizations if you don't understand what you're saying, things like that. We abandoned all that and thought it's it's probably most leverageable instinct that would probably put it to where you could catch it with its butt out is its own curiosity. So why don't we go out and try to intrigue it enough to interact with something? And we tried, and, and people think, hey, we just went out and did it right away. No, we didn't. I went out in these areas. I had to. I mean, it was a lot of work to access these clearings that we had mapped out throughout the Pine Island Forest and throughout the Clearwater River area, which I really ended up focusing on. But we're talking about leaving. It's, and you joked about the other day. You were calling me uh, before we really knew each other. You were saying <laughs> the guy, the blue ball guy. Sticky blue balls. Yeah, yeah sticky blue balls. Great and experiment. Actually, you'll, I have you'll love You'll love to hear that it started out as a red ball. No, I remember that because I had to go back. I I I think I don't know who told me that there was first an experiment to figure out which color ball. Mm -hmm. But my fear, I was like, this is a great experiment, except how do you come up with you know blue? He's yeah. listening, he's listening to well, other people who are telling him they like blue, and that that That's, totally debunks it. But then it I wasn't back really and I an found opinion. Out. It wasn't an right. opinion on the blue. I mean, I started out with red because I didn't think color would matter, right? Like I'm right. interacting with something, I'm kicking it, and I thought the important thing would be to laugh at it. Kick it, pick it up, laugh at it, throw it, mm -hmm. run after it, pick it up, laugh at it. Make this thing seem to think that this ball somehow is that intriguing in some way, right? And right. if I heard a knock or if I heard something, don't stand there and look around trying to figure out what it is. 
ignore everything. Just play with this thing for like 45 minutes and leave it. And get your butt out of there and come back 24 hours later, see if it's been moved. You don't know how many, I mean, is that it was probably five, six times trying to access back there. Nothing's getting moved. It's like it's about time to where it's be really easy to say, forget it, right? Mm-hmm. And finally it got moved like 85 yards across this field. And that's when I kept started focusing on that one area. I don't know what was intriguing about. It. I don't know if there was resources around there, if there was a giant blueberry bloom going on there. I don't know what it was. Could just be that that spot was between A and B where it was a little corridor and they passed by and saw that. But I always operated under the uh, instinct or under the assumption that I may be being watched. And so just go in, appear to be the most forgetful son of a gun on on earth and play with something and then leave. Mm -hmm. And then come back in 24 hours and pick it up and wait a whole week and go back and do it again. So that doesn't matter if they habitate there or if they were just passing through or whatever, maybe you could instill yourself as part of its routine. Maybe it habitates 30 miles away. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you know, the last three weeks it keeps showing up and leaving these things. Mm -hmm. And it just was intriguing enough that it made sure to come back by through. I never knew if they came by, at first, do they are they there watching me while I'm there? Or do they come out five minutes after I leave something? Or is it three in the morning, you know, way after I've left? Started seeing things that but that started answering some of those small questions. But the big thing was is that I had a conversation with Doug, and this was weeks into this. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about his bear research. And one of the things that he was noticing in these bear dens was blue plastic blue garbage a chewed up dasani blue water bottle a blue beer cap a blue piece of ribbon and there were other things in there but i mean it was obvious enough that there was something about this color and he expressed to me that he felt that they likely could see in a uv vision spectrum which we know that caribou and other animals do it's often portrayed by different scientists. They feel that bears do. And if you did, would that color be more intriguing? Would it look differently than it does to us? And we didn't know the answer to that. I mean, if I was to ask you, what's the brightest color that you look at? You'd say, well, yellow, orange, red, right? You wouldn't say purple or brown or whatever. But in a UV vision spectrum, maybe yellow isn't the brightest color. Maybe there's something that stands out about blue that that is just vivid to that, right? And so we thought if bears are attracted to it, let's start using a blue ball. And let's theme this to where anything else we leave is going to be marked with a piece of blue flag, fluorescent blue flagging tape. Or if I leave a boomerang out there with some Velcro on it, paint it fluorescent blue. I mean, just goofy stuff like that just theme it with that so that no matter if it sat there it didn't have to figure out there's a little jar over there with peanut butter it saw a blue ribbon tied around a tree and said there's a jar of peanut there's something there and then it found out there's a jar of peanut butter and so that's kind of how we approach it even with all of that over 37 weeks i never saw one step out in front of me. I never had one throw anything at me. I never had 
anything scream at me. I heard some knocks occasionally, mm-hmm. and we saw a lot of stuff get moved and mm-hmm. interacted with, and we found hairs on these things on Velcro tabs and stuff. So there were there wasn't none of that may have ever have happened really had we not had I not had a conversation with Doug about the blue and how the bears mm-hmm. are intrigued by blue. And it wasn't just him saying, I heard they like blue. Mm-hmm. We were looking at a different area of science altogether with bears saying they've proven that they like blue. And and he'd done the, a similar experiment with a red ball. It, it, it got moved by red, but over the first few weeks, there wasn't really significant interaction with it. I mean, it could get moved, and that's it. There was no real smudgy prints on it. There wasn't, you know, mm. it was like it was intrigued by the fact that I laughed at it and played with it maybe, but it wasn't picking it up and carrying it around and be like, wow, this is mine, you know, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's when we switched everything to blue that everything started ramping up. Right, right, and and that is kind of what got me to go. That that's interesting, you know, because and I I said that to you the other day. That was one hell of an experiment, and I you know, yeah. But I, my I, my question on it is this: you talked about never having seen one move or anything like that. Did you ever try taking photographs across the, the wood line and circling things in red to see if there was a Bigfoot in that circle? <laughs> I didn't. No, <laughs> I didn't. I, I told, wow. I, actually, I told Doug, I said, you know, it's funny. Everybody puts a circle around something in red. They, they really should be using blue. They don't realize how. <laughs> but, you know, and then again, I, I'm very careful not to present any of this as fact when I talk about, I don't say for no, sure you they say- see blue. I, I always talk about the way we just did because yeah. bears and caribou and other animals can, maybe they see it differently. Maybe mm-hmm. they see it different. I'm not out here yeah. saying they see it completely different than we do. I don't know that, mm-hmm. you know, but we see that in our community too. People taught you, know, you might have a theory, and people are out there presenting it as fact, and it's not fact. I, I don't even think we have theories, no offense to anyone. I think we have ideas because theories are kind of worked through, and a lot of us just, no offense once again to anyone, we have trouble with the whole unbiased experimentation. So we have ideas, and if, if the idea seems to work, we embrace it as fact. We never even get you know, to the hypothesis, never mind proving something through theory. And and I feel bad to say that, and people hate me, but that's okay. You know, you, you can hate me. I'm okay with that. Let's just, I think as a group, try and be a little less. We get data, and so often we yeah. take that data yeah. and we try and make it some kind of fact and and we're missing a lot of the steps and that's where there is a fine line i mean that you see something happen once it it could be a fluke you see it happen twice it's a coincidence you see it happen three times you may be on to something and then you see it four times now you have to start coming up with an explanation as to why that could or may you know may or may not be 
practical to assume something off of right. that and, data point. And then we have to go, how do we figure that out? How do we figure out if we're even onto something? Yeah. I had somebody, I was watching somebody's channel the other day that obviously doesn't understand how to employ the scientific method. They've been very critical of a few in this community saying that a theory, when somebody has a theory, there's scientific evidence to support that theory. And I'm yes. saying, I don't know that that's the case, because if there was scientific evidence to support your theory, it may be a fact, not a theory. Okay, a theory is something that you've seen reproduce itself through data over and over, but I can't, it's enough for me to say, this is a plausible explanation. I can't say it's a fact. I'm saying when I look at the four or five options it could be, I discount the least likely, get rid of one or two. I'm looking at what's left and saying, this is where I'm going to start. That's not saying I don't come back to those if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to find the most plausible spot to start in explaining what am I looking at here with these data points. To develop that theory eventually, if I start seeing it a couple of times, then I see it in a different area altogether by possibly a different specimen. I start saying, okay, look, I'm developing a theory that because of what I'm seeing here in data, I don't, there's no scientific evidence that makes that a theory. It's just data that I'm looking at that makes me draw that theory. And I can share that idea with others as a theory, not as a fact. Mm -hmm. But to say that a theory should have scientific evidence to support it, that's that's working it backwards. That's what that's not scientific evidence. If it if you had scientific evidence to support the theory that you're looking at, you you're more likely looking at, at something that you could state factually at that point. Data is not evidence, scientific evidence. Scientific evidence, in my mind, is something that you can bring to the public and nobody's going to be able to dispute because it is evidence that, of what you're claiming. Data is something that I'm looking at, and I don't really understand what I'm looking at with data points. I have to start trying to decipher what it could be. I mean, there's there's that, and and I I we've kind of got carts and, and 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 horses because what so many of us have done and are still doing is we take this whatever we want to call it data or evidence we take this curious happening whether it be a footprint or whatever in the woods and we assign our thoughts to it and that immediately taints it. Whereas if we just look at whatever that is, sure. and it's that it's that raw whatever it is that we need to, in my opinion, submit to someone who knows what the hell they're doing. I so my my background right outside of the Bigfoot world was always in uh, running fairly good sized businesses, mm -hmm. right? So if I needed to get something done, whether it was sales were down or we needed to produce something or even in advertising. I didn't go to my team, 
you know, I mm. looked and I, I had a gift for being able to see what, what it was we needed to get done. And that's, that's how I made my money. That's why I'm 53 years old and sitting on my butt retired. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't go to those people. I hired them because they're smart, usually smarter than me. I hired them because they knew their job. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm the dispensable guy. I'm the guy who got promoted. Right. You promote the dumbass. That's what you do. Right. So I was up there. My gift was that I could see what needed to be done when I needed to do something. There are so many companies that specialized in what I needed to do. I would find them and hire them. And that's what the Bigfoot world needs to be doing go out everybody go out i don't care I who you are you've never been in the woods before go out in the woods sit look bring like an audio recorder bring a video recorder they're cheap sit there and listen and look and get to know those woods and then when you see something that doesn't seem to add up find someone who knows the woods and have them look at it find maybe a biologist or some kind of researcher have them look at it and that's where our evidence is going to come from but us sitting there and thinking that a shadow is bigfoot isn't going to do it no no and i also think that when you go you know opening yourself up to go outside of the corner of the room is uh going to bring somebody in that's going to employ what some of us aren't incorporating ourselves when I have a theory or when I'm developing a theory on something, I have to work to prove that theory is with the same tenacity that I, I have to bring the same tenacity to disprove it. I have to approach that from a neutral standpoint and say, I cannot just let my, my uh, cautiously optimistic attitude steer where this goes i have to work to disprove what i'm looking at as, as hard as i am to prove it and if you're not capable of that bringing somebody in from outside of your corner of the room will at least level that out for you yes absolutely but but, but that's a huge thing is none of, like we all want this to be real none of us want to disprove it and the other thing is when it comes to my buddy who's out in the woods i don't want to let him down I don't want to say no. I think you have your head firmly between your butt cheeks. Yeah. I I want to encourage them and help them to do that. And that's that's very hard to do. Yeah, you but, know, I, but, I I think that some people though they're going to ask you for your opinion, and they're they're going through the motions, but they aren't prepared to accept anything that they haven't already preconceived. I've seen this happen so many times. And I've seen it happen by people that I really do respect. In this community, I've seen I've seen somebody send Doug pictures and say, "What do you think of these pictures?" And Doug looks at it with a pretty, you know, he's gets he really discerns when he gets into this, and he gives them an opinion. Says, hmm, "I don't see it," and they'll go out and release it anyways, like. You know, and it's like, well, why did you even ask, man? Why did you even ask to begin with? You know, it's right. ends up being one of the things in the end that everybody's finding humorous in the community because they didn't pay attention to the vetting that they were seeking. I mean, but 
I, I know a lot of people like that who ask a question. And if you don't give them the answer they want, they ask someone else. And if they don't give them the answer they want, they ask someone else. And they go as far along as they can until they get the answer that they're looking for. And then they're justified. They're yeah. happy. Doesn't matter if they ask three people or 103. Yeah. I so. see that a lot. If somebody will, and I don't get a lot of them, you know, I know I, I'm, I've got some friends in the community that get a lot of these requests to look at a picture or look at a video or hear this encounter story. And the, the, the one of the first things that these guys will ask them back is, have you talked to anybody else about it besides me? Because what most of them have found is that they are casting a big net. They're, yeah. they're emailing Cliff and Meldrum and Doug and everybody all at the same time saying, what's your opinion on this? Trying to find one that matches what their opinion is already. They aren't really looking for the discerning opinion. <laughs> they're right. looking for the right. agreeable opinion. Right. The easier way to do it is to just say, tell me this is Bigfoot. Yeah, that might oh. as well. Yeah. That's and that's true. And it's probably in the way they asked too. Is there anything in this picture that would make you capable of saying that 100 percent sure that isn't Bigfoot? <laughs> I don't want to know your opinion on whether it could be. I just want to know if you could discount it hundred percent. Well. I don't think anybody I've seen a lot of videos that what what in ultimately in the end discredits it or from being accepted as genuine is most recently Steve and Joe tonight were talking about the Ontario footage from shot from the boat, right? The predetermined predictable camera angle, the wake, the way it was shown. It's all these side things that you added up and it's like physically this doesn't make sense. It has nothing to do with the person sharing it or their um, body language or, or anything like that. It's just we're looking at the video saying that's not possible, right? So many things kind of vet themselves when they're in front of somebody. You're not asking them for their opinion. You're asking a profession or somebody like Meldrum or Doug or somebody like that what should I be looking at here that makes me think this isn't authentic? They'll point those things out. It's not their opinion. They're, they're saying, they're saying that weight can't come from that angle when you're shooting out the front of the boat, you know, and things like right. that. Right. 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 They're saying out of all those hundreds of miles of shoreline, you keyed in on that one little spot zoomed in five seconds before the Bigfoot walked in front of the camera. Something's wrong there. Some, something's wrong. But yeah, our own evidence is like we defend that like it's, you know, like religion, like sports, like politics. So those are, that's one more thing we can't talk about in bars is Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. So, Politics, religion, and Bigfoot. Yeah. So, but but people defend it. People get offended if you dare say that's not a Bigfoot. I, I have this stupid picture of this ape-like creature that I didn't have my camera on. 
I came back from a big hike. I sat down next to my campfire. I heard something in the woods. I looked up. There was something moving through the woods. I grabbed my camera and thought I was on video. I was not. I was on like camera mode. It was an iPhone. So when I hit that red button, it went ka-ching and this thing just was gone. Yeah. And I got a blurry picture of nothing. <laughs> but but when I look at it and when people look at it, they can see, you know, the musculature and all that. But I've got nothing else. I don't have a video. It's just this blurry blob squatch. Mm-hmm. And I still say that was a Bigfoot. But when you look at the picture, like you'll laugh hard <laughs> because yeah. you weren't there. You don't see the whole thing. And well, I think you're so- sharing a great example, though, of the, you know, I, basically operating under duress when you're in that moment, right? You grab a device, you pull it out of your pocket. You're, you're trying to get this done in a very unprepared manner. Nobody, very seldom do people know that they're about to see a Bigfoot or anything, a ghost, a UFO, five seconds before they see it. It's just like, right. boom, it's happening, right? Now what are you supposed to do? And when I see somebody share a bad picture, that's really hard to rip apart. Because, and I'll even say this, even when you start talking about, this is something that I was saying back when um, when the 168 photos, the blurry kind of green photos from the 168, when Carrie shared those as part of that documentary, I really wanted to jump on the man that I wouldn't have let out with that. Right. Like I wanted to be critical. of it. <laughs> like, like that's what you're, that's like your, your ace in the hole. I don't, but yet I, they're stills. They're not videos. And I know that there have been times when I've looked at something and what you're seeing with your naked eye and what you end up capturing on photographs sometimes is very poorly represented. You didn't, it looks green there. It didn't look green when I was looking at it. I get where that could be. If I went and told you, go take a picture of, uh, you know, whatever, and you go out and photograph it, the way you see it with your eyes and the way it turns out in the picture sometimes isn't represented well. Whether because you were operating under duress or because it wasn't focused or you weren't stable when you took the picture, all that stuff. So it's hard to just butcher a picture sometimes because some pictures you can tell were orchestrated. Other pictures, it's really hard to tell if maybe that was just a matter of them moving moving by and they took the picture. They didn't have it stable. They didn't have it. You know, they didn't take a deep breath and calm down. Completely under. I'm always guilty of all those things. Mm -hmm. Lousy documentarian. That's why my channel's so bad. I think that'd be an interesting thing. And maybe he has talked about it. But Matt, you know, from Central Florida Bigfoot, you know, he gets into a lot of things that I say this affectionately, but he'll start nerding out on camera stuff. Like my kids will nerd out on video game stuff, which I don't really get. Right. But that whole operating under duress and what can you do in that moment where things feel like everything's coming undone. When somebody's trying to photograph on an iPhone, first of all, 
what are the, what's the protocol? What what could you walk yourself through to and try to mentally prepare yourself ahead of time for mm -hmm. that? You hear people give opinions on that, but wouldn't it be cool to hear Matt's opinion on it as a professional photographer? So uh, Matt's there. He says because I can, lol, and he can like critique and comment. Matt is the same person who said, hey, I'm going to give you a gimbal because I've seen your videos. He gave me a gimbal and then he watched me use it and said, you know, let me just, maybe she, maybe she get a tripod. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm not a good photographer. It's never been my long suit. It's never going to be my long suit. But. Well, you know, kind of getting back, I mean, it kind of goes full circle, getting back to what we started talking about, the things that we find humorous in the community. I think, unfortunately, sometimes it's a combination of not only the, quote, evidence that some people are just throwing out there without vetting it, without, you know, they just say, I took this yesterday and they put it out there. And it just gets butchered. I mean, if you look at these public groups, the way some people will talk about it. And, you know, it. part of me says, dude, what did you think was going to happen when you posted that picture there? And then the other part of me says, do we really need to crucify somebody for putting up? A, I mean, you got to call it out as I don't believe that's conclusive in any way. But the way some people do it is just absolutely barbarian, you know. Yeah, like we are, we are mean. So, but it's all about not as much about Bigfoot as it is about our own opinions and beliefs. So, yeah. So we, I mean, we can we can laugh at that. <laughs> we can crucify each other all day, every day. But ultimately, we're all nuts to the rest of the world, which is absolutely comical. It's com like tell someone you're a bigfooter. Tell yeah. someone that's your like that's my main thing is to go out in the woods and find Bigfoot. People think I'm absolutely nuts. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm gonna put uh, the link in chat in case Matt wants to pop on or anybody else out there. I'd love to hear. I think Max would like to hear too. What do you guys find humorous in this community? What is it that makes you chuckle um, when you see this? And uh, again, we're not trying to be mean. We're not trying to be mean-spirited. Um, but I think it's pretty hard to deny that there is more things that we find humorous than we actually find intriguing in most of the stuff that's being put out in this community. I used to find, and we talked about this earlier. I mean, I never was a big believer or non-believer in Chris Noel. To be honest with you, I didn't really have an opinion on him prior to the porcupine stuff. Um, when I looked at his videos and the whole pine cones being thrown and art tra trajectory being mapped as they're being thrown, it was intriguing. I mean, I, it was hard to watch and say, I mean, yeah, I is he my kind of guy? Would I have a beer with him? I, you know, that's already that's beside the point. The fact is, is maybe just context, a cup of tea, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe a tea. <laughs> Sorry, but but some of that stuff was intriguing, right? It wasn't. I wasn't ready to 
throw a BS flag at him. I was just intrigued right. by it. I wasn't compelled to make a judgment, so to speak. And then the, the other stuff comes along and, and basically becomes a very largely humorous part of the community after that. And kind of a prickly situation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, gosh, I told you earlier, I said, if you want to commend him for something, I mean, how many bullets can a guy take on the battlefield and he's still walking? I mean, you know, he's, he's still moving. It's like, I, I think most people would have folded up shop and said, whatever, you know, I, I, I don't think he's the type of person that I, he's proven that he's not the type of person that's going to say, I agree. Looking back on it, it is fairly inconclusive. It was a bit of a stretch. You're not going to get that. Um, no, but, not from him. He's He's got that intellectual ego that he needs. And I think that's part of it. I think that's part of what we saw there. His need to present something more. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. you know, that doesn't, anything that he showed us doesn't mean that the the arch pine cones were negative but the mm -hmm. fact the fact that he argued about this porcupine may take away from that you know exactly. regardless of whether it was real or not and that's that's an issue that we have in this world you know like a, a, a nathan rio kind of stuff where he was finding good stuff if you follow his steps you're you're gonna come up with something close, yeah, to yeah. What he's showing, but you know, then people were all over him for putting in a Bigfoot call to his video. He, in fairness, he recorded that Bigfoot call, but that's the the irony here is how closely we watch it all, and that we can find stuff like that, but we can't find Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, right. right. You know, <laughs> we can find these. Oh no! Yeah, you, 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 yeah. you put so the for link. For those in listening chat. on podcast, we've got Thanks. Joe Snyder from Western New York Bigfoot Investigation Group. You might know him as Satch Squatch. Joining us. Yeah, Chief well, you, you, you had to put one. the link. You had to put the link up, and you know the camera loves me, so I know. Um, <laughs> You're a good-looking guy, Joe. Yeah, so, thank you, Max. Hey, I did accept your friend uh, request there, buddy. So, all right. Well, we the only reason that only reason I was on there was because Jeff sent like the link to this to my YouTube. I haven't been on YouTube in years, so well, I figured while I was there, two birds, one stone, and here we are again, yeah. <laughs> one stone. Well, we are officially friends now, so there we go. Yeah, I didn't like it all before, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know what? You know what I find it. Uh, I find humorous. I find Bigfoot memes humorous. That's what I find humorous. <laughs> the memes. I find Bigfoot memes. I love them. I love them. I make them up myself. You know, sometimes. You know, you I, have made, to. I should have found it for the show. I made one where John Madden was in the booth, and there's a picture of the woods of nothing. But there's X's <laughs> and arrows and lines going. <laughs> all gutted out. And John Madden was down in the corner with his finger up in the air. And, of course, you had to know who John Madden was to get the meme. And, but, yeah, it's 
I think memes are hilarious. I you don't them. see you don't see young Bigfooters who would know who John Madden is. <laughs> the the way we do anyway, yeah. other than the video game. No. That's yeah. too bad. One of, <clears throat> one of my favorites that I've seen just recently was uh <laughs> it was like one of those far side type cartoons, you know, that kind of uh artistic talent. And uh it was a guy <laughs> playing golf and he was getting ready to hit the ball and just behind him uh you see this uh sasquatch with his buddy under his arm and uh the caption is something like i don't remember the name but he's like something like damn it phil if you yell sasquatch one more time <laughs> you know yeah. like, he's not even turning around to look to see why he's yelling sasquatch so that I was like that, but yeah the memes cracked me up man we were I was really working on, we were talking about some merch with uh, Untold Radio and the different channels. And I I was coming up with an idea for a, and I've had a few people ask, you know, Pine Island Research shirt or whatever. So, and I really like, remember the Far Side cartoons, how freaking awesome they were. I want to have like the cartoon on a shirt of like couple pine trees with snow on them and snow on the ground and a cartoon Sasquatch there with kind of his back to you and in the snow and yellow and cursive, it says pine Island research. Like he peed it into the snow. <laughs> That'd make a, you know, yeah. Like a great t-shirt. You don't have to worry about what font to use or anything then. <laughs> I think there, there might be a P font. There's a Sharpie font. Right. Yeah, a, pee in the snow font. That, no that, if that's font. not a thing. Somebody should make it. Um, <laughs> it may have already been done. Well, look, man, I just wanted to jump in and say hello to Max. We're friends now, buddy. Consider yourself fortunate. Um, there we go. <laughs> I do appreciate it. And, and uh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, well, thanks for popping on, Joe. Right. Appreciate it. Let's get back to your interview. Always good that. to see your face. I'm going to make a little. I told Nikki this the other day. I'm going to make a little intro, like a, a 30 second intro video for you and Nikki and, and Pat and others that pop on the show from time to time. But I really want to get creative about it. I want my show will never go viral, but I'm hoping the little 30 second intro videos might go viral. So. Yeah, well, I'll I'll be watching for mine. That's that's interesting. Okay, but anyway, so yeah, so best name in Bigfoot, right there, man. That's all I got to say before I leave. Max Powers, that's the best right. name ever. I'm ever. glad I thought of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that is he's right. That is a great name. It's like bringing that Star Wars feel to the. The Star the Wars feel better than the community, you know, silly '70s super spy to it. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not the Austin Powers feel, right? It's Max Powers. Max Powers. If, now, see if you come to Boston, you'll see that like half the Irish people. There's Murphys and there's Powers. And there's maybe a couple other last names that people use, but it's 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 a common name. Yeah. A lot of 
It's amazing how. <laughs> did, you, did you grow up in that area up there in the northeast? Um, I did. I did. I don't know how to pronounce. Is it Kaiju Ninja in 1985? Yes, Max Powers uh, is what Homer Simpson once changed his name to. So, I, but um, I think yeah, he was Max Power, whereas I'm Powers because that's the last name. But yeah, I grew up in New England. I grew up in uh, between Cape Cod and New Hampshire, and you know Boston. The squad you shagged me. <laughs> <laughs> for those listening on, uh, for those who are listening on podcast, one of the comments we throw up on screen here on YouTube. And by the way, if you're listening on podcast, I'd encourage you once you get to wherever you're driving to, whether it's work, home, whatever, pop on YouTube, look up on Told Radio, give us a subscribe. You can catch the show and actually see. Uh, all the all that we're talking about live, and you can actually be an interactive part of the show with your comments and chat. But Uncle Bones has said the squatch who shagged me. <laughs> and and this uh, oh where to go? Where's the name there? Paradolia will destroy you. I yep, think that we yep. I think we should change Joe's name. To martial law, I think that'd be great. That, that would be cool. That would be cool. I think that'd be a good name for Joe. Well, you so. know, I was thinking that earlier when I was watching Joe's show. You have Bigfoot Leon, Leon Bigfoot Okanagan. You've got Joe as Satch Squatch. You've got then you got Steve Coles, and I'm thinking there are some of us in the community that we never really thought about like branding this alter ego name type of thing right and but man the more you think about how creative you could get with it i wouldn't want it to be something squatch or something you know what i mean i like you say martial law or something like that that would be interesting i i can't take credit for that that was kaiju ninja but or but that yeah was, that was I, I did a study on that like long ago where uh, with like social media, if you put two names up, same profile, two different names, one cool name, you know, the other one like Irving Lipschitz, the, the cool name gets way it's, more friends, way yeah. more friends than hits, you know? That's an Not, interesting, that's an interesting uh, observation and interesting experiment to, to find out. Right. Maybe. That's how I came up with Max Powers. Before that, I was Irving Lipschitz. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that uh, that's what a person should do. Before you're going to brand yourself forever with a moniker on YouTube, create your t you know three or four choices that you're considering as new Facebook accounts and send out, you know, friend requests to everybody and see which one gets the most attention. That's probably. That's right. I think, I think people do that. Like, don't young women do that? They put pictures of hot young women and then send them to all of us who come to these chat rooms. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. I'm just, uh, I'm, just I'm kidding. But. I've heard that. I've never, you know, studied. No, I don't get those either. <laughs> I I swear, especially if my mom's watching. <laughs> oh man. 
Oh, no, wow. I would say that honestly, Lockbeard uh, with his paradoia will destroy it. That is by far one of the coolest YouTube monikers that I've seen. Um, and he's right by pointing that out. A lot of people probably don't get it or understand where that comes from, but the the British band, the Kinks, um, that was one heck of a band. That was. Here we got Lee says you are your max freaking powers. That the only problem with that is my my middle name's actually Francis. <laughs> Doesn't have the same effect. Can I? Yeah. 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 Irving I, uh, no. Put the link out in case Lee or somebody wants to pop on. Share with us what you think is humorous about the Bigfoot community. Where do you find what makes you chuckle? And you know, the one thing we really didn't get to, Max, is do you think that Bigfoot would find it humorous. I mean, I, from what I understand, he wouldn't be on Facebook. My research has shown he probably doesn't have Wi-Fi in most of the places they exist. But, um, you know, if they're capable of processing thought similar to humans, and, and that's not a fact. That's just an assumption that I would make if they are. Right. Um, then obviously... <laughs> a lot of things we've talked about in the past here, the ability to show reverence for each other, the ability to, we've seen evidence through a lot of these encounter stories that they project disapproval when they see something they disapprove. I don't like you in this area. Right. Vocalizations and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. We also so we'd have to assume that if they're capable of being able to project those types of emotions, that there is a contrasting assumption to be made that maybe they're capable of, or maybe they're likely capable of projecting happiness or joy or amusement or humor. Could they laugh at us if they if you went out there? We talked earlier about. I, I threw this out there. That I was on YouTube and you see those videos of like goats when the goats are laughing and they sound like humans. Everybody cracks up. They get a million views. You know, we think it's so funny that a goat laughs like a human, but we're assuming that that goat is laughing. That, that sound that goat's making might be that it's afraid that it's about to be slaughtered. You know, we don't know if that's, if they're finding something amusing when they do that. We we don't know what the goats think. We don't know if Sas Sasquatch is thinking. I, I will say that when I saw my Bigfoot, it stepped out on the trail, looked at my dad and I, and the expression on space was like, oh, smokes. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. And, uh, and he stepped like across the trail and down through the woods and that was it. So it appeared to have emotion. If that's the case, right? I'm a clumsy oaf and I camp alone in the woods. Mm -hmm. uh, have a rooftop tent, right? On um, I have this big old Land Rover with a rooftop tent and I go as far out as I can. I have MS and I'm a little clumsy. And I don't know how many times 
I've been trying to set up that temp tent and I've fallen off the roof. And I'm going to bet that if there's a Bigfoot around la- watching, he's going to laugh his butt off at it. Because it, it's, com- it's, it's comical. Um, especially when you see me try- have to get back and finish what I'm doing. It wasn't. A, it's obviously not a planned thing. But I, I think they would, would crack up. I think, um, I think they probably have a lot of emotions. And I, I think that, you know, we're, when they're in areas with us. Yeah. We're probably great entertainment for, you know, for them. I mean, imagine standing out in the rain and it's lightly raining and your buddy pulls up in a car and he gets out and he doesn't just open up an umbrella. He's wearing a rain suit. He's got goggles on. He's wearing a snorkel. It's like, dude, what, what are you doing? It's sprinkling here, right? Is that how Bigfoot looks at us when we walk out? You know, it's sleeping out in the open, assumably, 24-7, 365 days a year for decades. Here we show up with all these little crutches that we need to get by, right? Yeah, the pack for three days to go, you know, on a a day-long hike. I mean, and these things are just out there living there. No pack involved that we've ever seen. No one's reporting that. So, yeah, I, I, I believe they left laugh at us for i i think probably on a number of levels one you know our sheer our egos our ignorance and our imbecilia or whatever you call yeah the, you know i don't know if that was the word but i get where that's not the word if there's a word i just it it's escaping me the um fact imbeciles. we had touched earlier on uh making vocalizations or speaking a language and we don't know what it means. Right. I mean, you right. go out and yeah. start samurai chattering and hooping and hollering and screaming. You don't know really what they're communicating specifically. You can whatever, but you know, this idea right. that we're going to go out and make sounds that we don't know is that when, when it hears that, is that similar to us watching the goat laugh on YouTube? Like, dude, it's it sounds like he's trying to laugh like me, but I don't get it, right? I I what if the problem is what if we're really telling them that they're ugly and their mother dresses them funny? You know, that's that's could well, be dangerous. I've said that I before. Think. Oh, Can you imagine going out there and trying to make sounds like Sasquatch? And it'd be like if I didn't know how to speak Chinese or, or something and I try to speak it just fake it till you make it to like Jackie Chan and I just challenged him to a to an ass whooping contest. You know exactly. I mean I might but, regret that. <laughs> yeah. Like going into a French subway and saying but don't you know you can't you can't do it. Lee when I said you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny I was talking about to Bigfoot. That's right where you came in. No, not no, no. not about you. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't do a great job dressing yourself, but it's okay. No, so dude. Uh, I own that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you comb don't... your face today? Well, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> he keeps it right on the desk. <laughs> For those watching about uh, that? through their radio or through their listening devices... We've got Lee joining us from the Ravens Outpost. You can find him on YouTube at the Ravens Outpost. 
great show. Not only now and then in the evenings, but even more so now we're seeing you do coffee shows in the morning with interesting conversations. I try to. Thanks, Jeff. You were so, you guys were talking about uh, what made Sasquatch laugh. I think we uh, you guys hit the nail on the head. I think they view us as entertainment. I mean, you think about how many times a, a bunch of Bigfooters are out in the woods and they hear a sound, a whoop, a knock, and they go running. <gasps> What's that? And you, can, I can only imagine a group of them sitting back there like, <laughs> watch these idiots. You know what I'm saying? I think that's I think that's hilarious. What did you say earlier, Max? Were, were there TV really? I mean, we're, yeah, we're their entertainment. They don't they don't have anything else to entertain them other than each other. So, absolutely. Why pay for Netflix and Hulu when you've got all these darn humans walking out here <laughs> acting like idiots, right? <laughs> absolutely. Maybe more of us should go watch them instead of pay paying. I mean, except for this, you know, podcast. But yeah. <laughs> Ed, no, well, you know, if, if you want to take a walk in Sasquatch's shoes, you know, go people watching, just stop by your local Walmart at about, you know, <laughs> by around the county the fair. Go sit on the bench at the county fair. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or drive a the bus wa for a The Walmartians. Walmartians. <laughs> yeah, dude. I like that. <laughs> the Walmartians. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you look at some of these poor folks and like uh did you mean to step out of the house on that? <laughs> What's funny is that we're everybody's entertained by something different, right? So the three of us sit on a bench at the fair and we're people watching, and every time somebody walks by, we're like, Did you see that dude? Did you see that guy? And as they get 100 feet past us, they're saying to each other, did you see those three guys <laughs> sitting on that bench? Right? Mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. Oh, There's a lot of that. Yep. So what else do you find humorously when you're, you're on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Get on and see these big, giant... Bigfoot groups where everybody's posting everything and people are quick to subscribe to any story, any picture shared. Everybody gets a ribbon and add a boy and add a girl. Great job. Awesome picture, regardless of what it shows. Beyond that, is there humor to be found in it? There has to be, man. Otherwise, you'd just drive yourself nuts. You know, when... I was mixed up in all that mess for a period of time. You know, um, I experienced some of that infighting that goes on, you know. Um, you've got one group that believes one thing and one group that believes another, and, and they're uh, totally at odds. And how they go after one another, it used to it used to bother me. But now I just sit back and laugh. I just watch the show, just pop some popcorn, you know, kick back and watch it. You it's know. like, you know, it's like being at the county fair sometimes, man. Seriously, that's that's what I find um, humorous sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, you've got everybody's different. Like I say, everybody finds different things humorous. 
the same aspect, everybody's annoyed by different things. Everybody's in, has a certain threshold that's easy. Some of them are very easy to surpass when it comes to what they're willing to tolerate from others, you know. And, um, you know, I think it does speak a little bit to being able to find joy in life, right? I mean, if, you, if you're going to walk through life in your peripheral, there's a bunch of joy to find. There's things to laugh at. There's things to, to really find enjoyment in. And yet, if you just stay laser focused on what's in front of you, it's really easy to just find all the stuff that annoys you and stuff you want to complain about and stuff that you find disagreement with. How hard is it to see something and say, I don't agree with that. That's not my cup of tea. And just move on. Or right. you might see that and get a laugh out of it and move on. Where does the need to stop and pull out the hammer and the nails and erect the cross come from? I mean, I I don't know where that where that derives from. I the people just don't have like having their beliefs challenged. That's what it boils down to, I think. Right. I mean, it I mean, to an extreme degree, that people don't like it. I mean, that's why they form these groups. It's not to. It's not so much for confirmation. It's for you know, uh, an echo chamber. They they want these, they want these endorphin uh, hits off of all this. Max, you and I were talking about this here not too long ago. You know, I mean, that's I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. And it's 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 really sad that we. I mean, it even boils down to politics, man, and that's what I akin it to. I mean, it's that type of mentality has gotten down into everything, man. There is division that exists on pretty much every subject, every level, and and it's not something that we saw decades ago. It's something that has probably a you know a correlation of the internet the ability to throw out a really hard opinion and be safe behind my keyboard you know mm -hmm. oh, yeah. i see people saying stuff to other people that they don't really know online that they would never walk up and say something to in person they don't have the balls to right what that, and, <clears throat> they're they're used to we right now are used to being able to find that mirror that reflects our opinion back at us yeah um and and we don't discuss things like the way they were once discussed if someone doesn't have your opinion then it's it's like oh you're you're dead to me go away right. whereas mm -hmm. We used to have conversations, and if someone was on the other side of the conversation, then you you like started discussing the points, not telling them that they were wrong, and not telling them, you know, well, I'm never going to talk to you again because you don't think this way, and and that's changed. Like like Tip O'Neill, right, was Speaker of the House. He was a Democrat. Ronald Reagan was a Republican. Shika Dunn. Right. They would have right. a beer like once a week because they'd sit down and say, OK, we got to come to agreement. That's that's what our federal republic is about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and now it's not. We we 
basically elect who we think we should be in charge of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the focus wasn't on where does the the disagreement, where are the parameters around our disagreements? The focus was around on that common idea that what's in the best interest of, of, I mean, maybe it was a little naive to think it would stay that way, but what's in the best interest of those who have sent us here to represent them, right? Eventually, agendas, money, all that starts intertwining in that, and everything goes askew. But not that long ago, I mean, when you're talking about Ronald Reagan, we're not talking, that's a few decades back, right? Three decades ago. But we're talking about the ability for people who had very defined and sharp differences in policy in the way in in foreign policy in economic policy and yet when it came down to the end of the day i'll give up this you give up that and let's get it done right i mean there there was always some way they figured out but they were also listening to walter cronkite they didn't get to choose their opinion in the news force being reflected back at them so Mm -hmm. They were actually listening to, and and facts is kind of a, that, that may be the wrong word, but they were listening to, this is what happened today, this, this, and this. Whereas now we listen to, this is what happened today, here's what these this panel thinks about yeah. it. And, I, th- and- I think the ability that they had to accurately gauge the temperature of the public or to be able to, so to speak, read the room a little bit was more accessible to them than it is now. I mean, right now. That, but now they don't, they don't read the room. They tell the room what to think. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you go to the room that tells you what you want to hear. And, and, and I, I think, think I think that in the end, that's exactly where we're at in this community. Bingo. We don't we don't take the challenge to discuss or have discourse on the things that we disagree on and come to the conclusion let's agree to disagree on that and focus on this instead. In the end, that room isn't for me, that room isn't for me. You belong right. over there, not here. Right. That's what we're seeing. I am incredibly guilty of that. Because there was a while there where I was telling people what they should be thinking. You can't be thinking this. Bigfoot's not that. Like, what the hell do I know? I've been doing this 40 years. I don't know what the hell's out there. But um, I, I, I was guilty of it. We're probably all guilty of it. But I, And that's what I was saying earlier with the, the whole, let's look for facts. Let's look for that raw data. Not our interpretation of it, because it doesn't matter if you go out looking for portals and, you know, the the hairy UFO pilot Bigfoot. And I go out looking for, you know, a, a hairy ape man. It's about these little pieces of whatever, these facts, these this data that we find. And mm-hmm. and if we compare them, are they the same? Yeah, they're probably damn close. It's just our interpretations. And this is, we've gotten out of the fun stuff of it, but 
that's actually comical that we're all looking at the same thing and telling each other different things and fighting over it. Mm -hmm. But I, ideally, <laughs> what we're looking at is pretty much the same across the board. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. I've I've said it a lot where I think if we could focus on the 80 or 90% that we agree on instead of poisoning each other over the 10 or 20% we disagree right. on, yeah, we'd right. advance this science and answer more questions a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. The problem, I think one of the biggest problems that exists is our inability to simply say, uh, acknowledge that I don't have to like you and I don't have to agree on everything that you believe in to be able to learn something from you and vice versa. You may think portals are absolutely real. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy for that. Does that mean I can't learn something from you? For some people, it does. It means I write them off. They are a cast out <laughs> to me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. One, one of the my favorite people to Bigfoot with is this guy, Ron. Uh, no offense to Matt Larson, but this guy, Ron, if you took, if you like, let's say you're in a Walmart parking lot, he walks in and I walk in, you would think that we were, it was oil and water. We, we were, and God, when we're in the woods, this guy's just this brilliant guy to look at us, you know, he's, he's a rough and tumble kind of guy in a big old Ford truck. And I'm this kind of prissy wuss in a Land Rover, you know? I mean, I get it, you know, but to think that the two of us are hanging in hammocks, you know, at three in the morning, dangling over alligators, trying to, trying to figure out what's going on with Bigfoot is crazy. But this guy and his wife are awesome. No, Matt, Matt's mm -hmm. commenting over there. Listen, Matt, I love you, buddy. I'll go out with you, but Ron's got my back and I... <laughs> You know, and he's probably got a big knife with him that, you know, make sure that I'm okay. So, but, but yeah, it's, Matt's it's like, I'll buy a big knife if I have to. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. But, and, you know, I just, uh, I think it's healthy to have these conversations. I mean, I know we approached the show with let's talk about the humor in the community, but really at the end of the day, there are two extremes that we have to find where we exist in the middle of. There are those that say, if you post a stupid picture, a blurry picture, come up with some crazy story, whatever, and you put it out there in front of 70,000 people on Facebook in a group, you got what you have coming. And it is not my job to suffer fools. It is not my job to tolerate your nonsense. And I will call you out to the extreme every opportunity I have. There are those people out there, and then there are those people out there that say everybody gets a ribbon, everybody gets a hug, everybody's a winner, everybody should be listened to and, and believed automatically. Mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to either of those things. There is somewhere in the middle in which we find that healthy movement wow. to keep moving forward. And I think every day we this like lee had pointed out we're learning from culture culture influences everything what you see on mm -hmm. tv what you read on the internet what you see around us yeah. affects your life greatly for a lot of people 
and we're learning to divide. That's what mm-hmm. we're learning to do. Yep. What's, it's, what's the saying? Uh, politics is downstream from culture. And there is a culture of war. <laughs> and it's true. And we'll, we're finding it in everything. Hey, listen, I mean, right down to, I mean, I, there's a friend of mine. She has nothing to do with this, the Bigfoot, none of that stuff. Nothing. We're just friends. She was, she had a, <laughs> she was part of a, um, a knitting group on Facebook. They they showed their their knitting stuff and all this other stuff. And she was telling me that there was it that it even got to there. I mean, seriously, it's that that's bad. not knitting. That's crochet. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, geez, a hook and a loop and a twist and a whatever. I mean, it's like, come on, really. Is that poison I mean, that rough? Well, crochet really sucks, and most people are nuts. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Take it back, Max. Take it back. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> no, I agree. I think the, I think we had a healthy discussion on it because I think we have acknowledged both ends of the spectrum and it, that they that they exist. Mm-hmm. Probably where the humor exists from all the way from one end to the other. And quite honestly, if you're not capable of looking at something and laughing at it and saying, I don't agree, I'm going to move on. It's not for me. If there is this need to stop, take your jacket off, roll your sleeves up, and say, We got to fight because of what you said. I don't know how we move. I don't know where we go from that. It's this community has to exist outside of the bar at 1:30 a.m. during last call. It can't be that atmosphere. Right. 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 And yeah, I have learned there's not a big first of all, a lot of the time I go out alone. So for years I was just whatever I thought was real. I started probably in the last few years going out with Bigfooters and it didn't matter who they were. It was just cool to know that I wasn't some crazy guy. (laughs) That I wasn't some crazy guy. And so anyone I've gone out with and I have run the gamut of people that I've been out in the woods with, I've learned something from, you know? So if if we could just get to a point where we respect their opinion without having to embrace it. Absolutely. Yeah, I get in Tristan says, you know, this community needs to grow up. He said for well, real. I agree. The problem is is most of the people that need to don't know how to. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but you know there's truth in that. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been bred into them through culture. They that that this is normal. I'm not acting crazy. I'm not when I do this. This is this is acceptable because I see it in all these is happening. And there's some truth to that. I mean, we're influenced to find the negative we're influenced Mm -hmm. by culture to to divide not to say dude Mm -hmm. i completely disagree with what you just said 
But I love what you said 10 minutes ago, because I do agree with that. We don't have that balance anymore in this discourse. No, mm -mm. we don't. Well, I mean, I, and, I shouldn't say and, we don't. I think we still do, but it's just not that often. I think to call it a discourse is is a reach. You know <laughs> I was what getting I mean? ready. Say, yeah, I was we, getting ready to say we, that too. We don't discuss it. Maybe we should yeah. start organizing. You know, like groups of the the thinkers that are emerging and starting to you know, and and that's I say that like in those parentheses, the thinkers mm -hmm. and groups of the people who, who go with the gut and say, God, this is maybe we should get them all out in the woods and just try and have them compare the same evidence. And I don't think what you're suggesting should be, you know, preconceived by others as saying we should all just sing Kumbaya. I mean, you know, I get that. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's always going to be, I disagree with you. I don't even really know it's the words just, to that song, <laughs> but I don't. If I did, I forgot them about <laughs> four decades ago. But but no, I appreciate you coming on tonight, Max. I appreciate you too, Lee. Uh, oh, I, I appreciate you putting up with me, Jeff. <laughs> oh man, you guys are welcome back anytime you want to come back. I thank you, Joe, for popping on earlier. Uh, he brought an interesting viewpoint. The memes. I mean, geez, who doesn't find those <laughs> the memes all over Facebook I'm, I'm that are right. Bigfoot related? And that's, a, you know, that's interesting because I see memes that are created from the pro Bigfoot, you know, viewpoint. And I see them created by the non-believer viewpoint. And you know what? I still laugh at them both, right? I look at I think they're both funny as heck. Because I get where they're coming from when they say that, right? I, so I'm able to find the humor, even if it doesn't express my viewpoint. How come we all just can't bring that to say, I shouldn't say, how come we can't? How come some of that ability isn't employed in how we tolerate each other's viewpoints when they differ from us, right? Right. But... Anyways, it was a great show tonight. Appreciate you guys coming on. Um, if you guys want to hang out backstage for a minute, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more. I just need a couple minutes, and I'll land this plane, and we will chat shortly. All righty. These lights aren't going to throw you off landing, are they? No. <laughs> Again, you can find Lee at the Ravens Outpost on YouTube. And Max, what is it? What's, uh, you, did you have more than one channel at one point, or have you always just had the one? I, I've just had the one. Well, it used to be an art channel. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm Max Powers. I think it might be Max Powers Bigfoot Hunter now. I don't know. Max Powers Knitting Emporium. Yes. Yeah. Crochet. No. Let's search knitting. Max Powers. Definitely knitting. Ma Max Powers Bigfoot uh, Hunter. I think is what it is now. So. Yeah, Max Powers Bigfoot Hunter. You'll find him and. <laughs> Uh, you'll appreciate it. Uh, Lee's morning shows, you'll probably. Uh-oh. Lee, it's just you and me. What do you want to do? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Are we going to hijack Jeff's show? Uh -oh. I don't know how we can. <laughs> There's going to be something fun we could do. Hey, here's a selfless, <laughs> selfless plug. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> 
morning coffee with Lee, Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come and check us out. <laughs> Sometimes we have witty guests on like uh, like Max here. Yeah, no, I overstayed my welcome the last five times. <laughs> God. So, so, um, geez, I can't even click on one of these. Uh, oh, shit. He's, oh, excuse me. He's gone. <laughs> You're used to being on my show where you can let stuff fly. I, exactly. But I'm <laughs> clicking on, I'm clicking on quotes so that, you know, I can keep this thing going, but I can't, they're not coming up on the screen. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. you know, it was knee jerk reaction for me to, for, <laughs> to do that. Dude, I was going to highlight a couple of quotes there in the chat, and I'm like, oh, this isn't my show. What am I doing? <laughs> Is it Kaiju Ninja? No, I'm not in control. I, I don't have the power. Uh, Jen, this is not my bathroom, huh? How about that? Jeff didn't even go, hey, look at that. You actually found a nice room. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jeff. Oh, I'm not, Lord. I'm not, he can't ban me because he can't get online. I don't know where he is. Is there snow? Maybe. Yeah, I don't I think I can, I can't let you into the chat, even if yeah. I put the link up. I can't yeah. do any of that. So. Oh, well. Otherwise, this could be real fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can do this. How, how the hell did you do that? Stop camera. <laughs> I can do that. Here you go, Max. Oh. I'll tell you. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. We we better stop. <laughs> we better. Oh, I thought he was throwing stuff at you. Oh, no, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> Anyhow, so we're still live. This poor guy <laughs> doesn't doesn't have an internet. <laughs> oh wow! Well, so. I I've had this happen to me before, and chat kept things going. I mean, I I got totally kicked off a of Streamyard, uh, and uh. I had to come back and they were still going. I'm telling you, they were still going. Just the because you can there are a lot of the same people in these chats. I'm sure mm -hmm. you're familiar with that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey Bat Mom, I, I I saw you uh holler at me earlier. How you Bat Mom was picking on me earlier. <laughs> Listen, I do have a smoking jacket, but there's no way I'd wear it on this channel. <laughs> Seriously. You know, they don't even have an ask an ascot that goes with it. So, so uh, fun. Uh -oh. What's funny ab about Bigfoot? What what's going on? I don't know. What do, what do you find funny about Bigfoot? Uh. I find um, people who know everything about Bigfoot funny about Bigfoot. Amen. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I was on my way home, and I was listening to you guys talk, and I, I was like, you know what? That right there, what you said, was one of those things that really got me. I mean, it's like one of these people who absolutely know everything about Bigfoot, but, you know, you ask them, well, Let's go out there. Let's let's go find them. You know, 
show me your receipts, man. Well, no, they're not up for it today. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's and I had this I was overseas, but they were like, You're an American, do you believe like we started chatting? And this guy wanted me to take him out and show him Bigfoot. I'm like, I can't show I can't show you Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> like I can take you out and show you what I think he does. You know, whether or not we're ever gonna find Bigfoot, I, I don't know. So yeah, Jeff said he lost power. That's oh, what happened. Smokes. So yeah, how, yeah. It, uh, is he just yeah? Here? So yeah. Western New York Bigfoot likes my sweater. Thanks, Joe. I, Jeff, I'll send it to you. Jeff's coming back. Okay, we'll, we'll just keep this rolling. Um, okay. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I mean, I can I can take you out, and it's up to them whether they show you show themselves or not. You know, that, that one time I was telling you that me and my nephew went out and all that, we got all that activity. That was luck. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, we just happened to be at the right place at the right time and have all that stuff happen. I've been out there and letting absolutely nothing happen. Nothing at all. Yeah. More often uh, than not. I am to a point where there's this area that I go to where at a certain time of the year, I seem to get activity. But like I don't think it's predictable. Mm -hmm. Does it have to do with temperature? Does it have to do, you know, with migratory patterns? Who knows? We're I'm not even at that point. Can I get it to happen a third year? So Matt is asking, what's the funniest thing that happened to you guys out in the field? Um, kayaking with Matt and watching him get in and out. Of his kayak because down in the green swamp, that's how you get around. <laughs> so and and none of us are small guys. And I've been out with Matt and with um, tactical Bigfoot research. Mike is a he's a big guy. Don't you know? I wouldn't tell him that. I would tell. Him, I'd say, yeah, you know, you're a big guy. But I wouldn't like be like, dude, you're a big guy, but in a bad way to him because he'd friggin' smush me. <laughs> so he and Matt are big guys and big guys in kayaks in the woods, like in the swamps, can be can be a humorous thing. <laughs> <laughs> Matt say not that one. I didn't mean that one. But yeah, those for are, those me. Are for me, it was you know that camping trip also because uh, my nephew had never had never had anything like this happen to him before. Um, his exposure to the forest folk has been nil to none but when he's sitting back asking what the f was that what the f was that and i you know it's just his he would just stop and that look on his face and i'm like dude i've been trying to tell you <laughs> and i just had to laugh he's the only other person i've had out there with me though well, I tried to change that, but you wouldn't return my calls. But that's well, it. yeah, well, <laughs> here we um, go. Ne next time I go through the area, though, shoot, you see, now you're over there. I got to use this finger. Right. Um, no. well, you were always over there. You were down there before. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, I got to go out with Parkway Hippie, mm -hmm. right? Parkway Hippie is another guy who, if you saw the two of us, 
you'd be like, you know, uh oh, one of these guys is gonna get mugged. Not that hippie, <laughs> not that hippie would mug me because he wouldn't. <laughs> right. But, um. Sorry, I was reading Bama's comment, but um, going out with some of these people who are on the grudier side of Bigfoot. And listen, if you go back in my channel, you'll see uh, I, I'm pretty groovy, you know, when it comes to my initial beliefs on Bigfoot. And they haven't necessarily changed. I've just added some salt, you know, in, yeah. into the water. Right. Um, but going out with him, dude, he is just, he will show you something and you'll be like, oh my God. God, that's amazing. And then he'll give his interpretation of it. And he'll look at you and smile and go, knowing that you're not necessarily in agreement with that. Look at you and smile and say, but, you know, it could just be this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're well, like, well, yeah, okay. Hey, who's this guy? Well, trust you guys endured through that. I had a power surge. I don't know if it's from the snow load or the fact that we were saying the government was guilty of division. Maybe somebody <laughs> didn't like that, but <laughs> the moral of the thing that really blows me away is the irony that I was trying to <coughs> sign off and I lost power before I was able to lose powers <laughs> in, in the show. <laughs> yeah. No, but, no, that uh, I, I messaged Joe. I said, dude, I just lost power. He said, they're still on there yakking it up. Just, I said, good. I, I didn't know if it maybe ended the broadcast or what. So I, it's glad to see you guys still here. And Well, I, I hope we did your show justice while you were gone. I'm sorry. Well, we'll find gone. out. I don't know what you guys could have got me demonetized <laughs> while I was gone for a while. <laughs> I didn't even try that. <laughs> Well, you didn't was, think of that, did you? That that yeah, that wouldn't Good. be funny. So, well, I, I got to use it, a filter. I, here. I may have lost seconds till I got the call from the guy who runs the channel, and then I would have been like, <laughs> my power went out. It was right. all on them, man. But anyway, uh, look in yeah, advance. I appreciate you guys being on the show. It was fun. Um, I appreciate you guys hanging in there through that. I honestly, it was really surprising. The lights went out in the room, the computer flashed off, and then everything came right back on in a second later. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Right <laughs> I've never Just had late. that happen during a broadcast before. But... Lee, it never happens to Lee either. Oh, no, never. <laughs> Saying. Well, I've seen people <laughs> crash because of you know their computer or technical difficulties, but to have the whole power go out that seemed kind of odd. So now I got I'm just thinking now I gotta get offline and go reset the microwave clock. And oh man. Oh man, there's like 15 things you gotta reset in the house when when that happens. Can't you, but, like G, can I ask you a question? Do you ever use the microwave to actually tell time? Can't you just leave it at like zero? I never zero, look zero. at the microwave to see what time it is. But when it's flashing 12 o'clock all the time, it drives me insane. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I wouldn't. No, I don't know that I've ever looked at it and said, what time is it anyway? Listen, <laughs> are you going to set it five minutes early or anything like that? 
I don't, I'm not one of those guys that's ever set a clock early. I know people okay. are, you know, kind there are of people that do that, but then every time they look at it, they subtract five minutes anyway. So, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. My wife used to do that. She'd set the alarm clock so that it would always read 20 minutes early. And then she hits the snooze button that gives you an extra nine minutes three times. And I'm like, do you realize you're losing seven minutes in your day? I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but you know, it doesn't really make sense. So, but you can uh, set the you can set the clock on the radio in the car like seven minutes ahead, and you would be like the fastest person around. You know, I wish it was make, just why? How come smaller. we can only set we can set all these clocks differently earlier, late? Be great if we could actually take time and move it earlier, later, a few minutes. They, yeah, it's daylight savings time. I think they call that. Well, think about the, you know, the Powerball, everything. You know, go get true. that winning they, ticket five minutes before they do the drawing. <laughs> can't we just fly? Do we fly west or east? Can you just do that? Is that possible? To, well, is there is there a plane fast enough to leave cross that's an interesting the international dateline? And then what I had somebody bring this up that if a woman was pregnant, about to give birth, and she gave birth on at that time it was the Concorde, right? Yeah, gave birth on the Concorde, right? And a few minutes later, they flew across the international dateline, so it was a day earlier. Now that kid's birth certificate is going to say one day, but he's actually going to be a day less older. Or younger, I should say. If I take the Concorde, will I get younger? No. I'm just, just It only happens on your birthday that that Asking for a friend. Because That's a birth certificate is created, marking your moment in time in which you came to be. And you're, you're altering that by crossing that dateline on that day. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, who? Uh, <laughs> uh, what what happens if it changes your your like astrological sign? Is my question. That's the that only would time. be interesting. Yeah. yeah, that would be the 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 gods would be confused forever, wouldn't they? The stars wouldn't know how to align for you. Exactly my point. Wow. Well, <laughs> didn't, mean, didn't mean to, you know. We just melted everybody's brains before we put them to bed, but we apologize for that. It's not the first time that that has happened on this show, probably, <laughs> but you guys have a good rest of your night. I will see you guys backstage in a moment. I'm going to try to do this again without the power going out. <laughs> good night, now, everybody. Now, if it goes out this time, you guys... If you don't want to stay and yak it up, I wouldn't blame you. But uh, I'll talk to you backstage. Give me just a minute. All right, buddy. Guys, I apologize for the for the problems. We went 12 minutes long because of it. But I do appreciate you guys showing up in chat, being a part of the show by bringing your opinions, your insight. Uh Oh, then says I need to do an after show on the other Pine Island Research Channel. Yeah, eh, 
my power would probably go out for that too. So uh, and Joe says, great. Now I'm going to be up all night trying to figure out this, this uh, Dateline deal. So anyways, you guys have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week on Monday night. It will be a fun show. Look forward to it. Uh, let's find something to play on the way out the door. You guys can hit the subscribe button if you're new to the channel. If you want to give us a like, if you're so inclined, that's great. If you want to give us a thumbs down, go ahead and do that. It still helps the algorithm. Appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week.